If you like what you hear on this episode, you're going to want to come check out my new podcast called the Unfuck Your Brain Podcast. What you're listening to right now, The Lawyer's Stress Solution, has ceased production of new episodes. But Unfuck Your Brain is rocking and rolling. Every week, I release a new episode of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast, teaching you the same great tools for taming your brain, but with even more applications to other areas of your life. You can search for it by name. Remember, there's an asterisk instead of the U in unfuck because we like to be polite. Or just click the link to it in the podcast description for this show. I'll see you over there. You're listening to The Lawyer Stress Solution, the only podcast that teaches you cognitive science-based techniques specifically created for lawyers. Learn how to manage your lawyer brain and conquer the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm of lawyer life. Here's your host, former lawyer and certified master coach, Kara Lowenthal. Good morning, everybody. It's the first day of August, which is crazy right? The summer is half over yet. I don't really understand how that happened. So August is a time, obviously, that lots of people go on vacation. And so today I want to talk to you about how to actually enjoy a vacation. But don't turn this off if you're not taking a vacation yet, because the same principles apply, whether you're just trying to take the night off from work or trying to take the weekend off. So I'm really just going to be talking about how to enjoy your time when you are not working, right? How to actually stop thinking about work. So obviously I was a lawyer and I had a hard time with this. And I naively thought that when I started my own business, this would all be a lot easier, right? Because I worked for myself. And so I could just structure my time however I wanted. And you know, that's sort of true. But what you quickly discover when you start a business is that you could always be working and that the self-created pressure to work can be just as intense as any externally created pressure to work, because if you're not working and producing and getting clients, then you're not making any money, right? You don't have a salary. So I've been a litigator, I've been an academic, and now I'm an entrepreneur and a coach. And in all of those jobs, I have always felt like I should be working. And I used to just attribute it to the job. But now, you know, I figured this out when I was a lawyer, but it's become super clear to me as an entrepreneur, it really doesn't have anything to do with the job. Right. It has to do with my own thinking about work and productivity and self worth and my own kind of catastrophizing and fears about what happens if I don't work. So that's what I want to talk about today because the same is true for all of you, right? Those of you who can't stop thinking and worrying about work, you mostly are blaming it on the job or the partner on the case or being a lawyer or whatever it is. And I want to teach you today how, why that's not true and give you sort of a little concrete practice you can start doing to try to start to build the ability to take small amounts of time where you really don't think about work and don't check your email. Even your fun email, (laughs) even your Facebook, it all kind of can be the same in this context. So lawyers are obviously not alone in having this sort of constant thinking about work and the feeling that they always could be working right? Most of us, almost all of us, (laughs) no longer work in factories, right? No longer do jobs where the job stays at a location and you do it when you're there. And then you never think about it when you're not. I mean, some of us obviously do people who work more in physical service industries, potentially, right? Or there are still people who have jobs like that, where really you go to work, the job is there, you come home, you don't have to think about it. 
I mean, people think about their work, but you can't be working on it, right, when you're not there generally. But most of us, right, a lot of us, lawyers, doctors, people in IT, like any kind of profession where you theoretically could be doing some work at home, have this problem, right? This is like a very contemporary thing is that we have started to see the spread of work into all other times and areas of our lives. And a lot of that has to do with technology, right? Even lawyers, there was only so much you could do when you had to be working with pen and paper, right? It's a lot easier when you have a cell phone. So if you were on a stagecoach, it's probably pretty hard to write a brief <laughs> with your fountain pen. But if you're on the train with your phone and your computer, you can totally be working. So the ubiquity of technology and particularly of cell phones, right, makes this problem much worse. And I'm not going to tell you that demanding partners don't exist or that there isn't an expectation in some law firms that you literally be working most of the time that you're awake. That expectation may exist, but I will tell you that it is less widespread than you think, right? So in any organization, I mean, I worked at a nonprofit doing impact litigation and there was one person there who worked all the time. And I actually was, she was the person I worked with the most on my cases. So she was my supervising attorney most of the time. She worked all the time and expected me to work all the time. So my experience was that, oh, everybody is supposed to work all the time. But was that really wasn't true. There were lots of people in the organization who didn't believe that. But because I was primed to think that way, I just extrapolated, right? And I generalized. So there are occasionally people who are like that. You know, I know one of my clients recently had a partner be upset because she stopped checking her email for like an hour and a half during dinner. That happens. But here's the key, and you will not be surprised if you've been listening to the podcast. Does the fact that a partner is upset with you have to determine how you feel? There's only one right answer, class, <laughs> if you have been listening. The answer is no, right? How you think about the fact that someone doesn't think you should eat dinner without checking your email will determine how you feel about it, right? If your belief is, well, that's ridiculous and I don't have to do that and I absolutely can succeed as a lawyer and still take 60 minutes every night to eat dinner without checking my email, then you'd feel fine about it. When your thought is, oh God, I'm in trouble and I'm going to fail because this person's upset with me, then you're going to feel terrible. Now, here's the thing. Your brain, a catastrophizing lawyer brain, is absolutely telling you that there's a long chain of consequences from you not checking your email for an hour that is going to end with you living in the van down by the river, right? If you don't check your email for an hour, the partner's going to be upset. If the partner's upset with you, they're not going to give you good reviews. If they don't give you good reviews, you might not get your bonus or as big of a bonus. And if that keeps happening, you might actually get fired and then you're going to live in a van down by the river. <laughs> right? That's what your brain, your brain quickly circuits that whole loop right away. But let's be reasonable about this. If you are billing and you're doing good work, are you actually going to get fired because you don't check your phone for an hour during dinner on the nights that you really don't have an urgent case or assignment? The answer is really no. If you are doing, I mean, obviously there are no guarantees in life, but if you are doing good work and you are meeting your billables and you are generally responsive and you set small boundaries around certain amounts of time for yourself, in the vast majority of cases, that does not have negative consequences for your career. And if you are in a place or working with someone where even that does, then the question you have to ask yourself is, is this how you want to be working and living long term, right? I am all for managing your mind, obviously. That's what I teach. Circumstances don't create your feelings. But I also believe we should all figure out what kind of life we want to have and how we can create that for ourselves, 
right? And so if you are working at a place where you literally are not supposed to be able to turn off your phone for an hour to eat dinner on a normal weekday, then you have to decide, do you want to keep working at a place like that, right? And if so, how are you going to manage it? You can absolutely choose to feel good about obeying that expectation, or you can choose to not be so stressed out and worried about the fact that someone might be upset if you don't, right? There's work to do either way. There's work to manage your mind to feel fine about needing to check your email during dinner, or there's work to manage your mind to not be so upset about what someone else might think. And what I can really tell all of you from all of my work with my clients is that even though your brain is pretending it's about how you might get fired in your career, it really isn't. Really, you're just responding to the fear that someone in authority will be upset with you. And I'm going to do a whole other podcast about this at some point, the sort of authority pleasing that happens with lawyers, right? But between the kind of people who are attracted to law and then the way you're taught in law school and the way that legal life is structured, there's a lot of people pleasing. And it's beyond people pleasing. A lot of lawyers are desperately, desperately afraid of, quote unquote, getting in trouble, right? It's this amorphous fear that someone in a position of authority is going to be upset with you or displeased with you or have some comment about how you're behaving that's negative. And your terror about that is really disproportional to the actual ramifications of that person being upset. And because you're so afraid of it, you'll be looking for it all the time, right? So if a partner emails you and says like, what's going on? I emailed you an hour ago. Did you have your phone off? Like, why didn't you check it? You take that to mean, I'm in trouble. I'm being fired. I'm a failure as a lawyer. This person's upset with me. You could also just write back and be like, yeah, I was having dinner. I'm on it. It'll be done in an hour, right? That's also a plausible response. If it gets done, it gets done, right? But stressing yourself out because someone else might have a thought or a feeling about you is totally counterproductive. That partner is allowed to have his belief that people should not ever turn off their phones or not check their email while eating dinner. That's probably how that partner behaves in their own life, right? That's what they think makes sense. That's fine. That doesn't mean that you have to buy into that and accept that wholesale and then feel bad about yourself, right? When you sign on to work somewhere, your obligation or responsibility is to get the work done. It's not to accept all of the beliefs that the person you're working for has. So your brain tells you that you're scared of this practical negative consequence to make it seem like it's a really rational fear. But really, most of the time, the only negative consequence is that someone else might be briefly annoyed. Someone else might have a thought and a feeling, and you're going to be devastated about that. That's what you're really afraid of. So here's why it's worth doing all of this work. I know it is really painful, difficult work for people who are in the habit of pleasing and getting validation from authority to actually work on not caring so much whether the person in authority thinks they're perfect. But it's worth it because time off is incredibly restorative if you can actually stop working. And this takes a little bit of a leap of faith because your brain will lie to you and tell you that you don't have time to take a break, right? Whether it's on a night, on a weekend, or even on vacation, your brain is going to say, there's so much to do, you don't have time. If you take a break, you'll never catch up, right? That's what your brain will say to you. But the truth is that taking a break actually makes you more efficient when you go back. This is 100% true. When you are tired and stressed and have been working on something for a long time, especially when you're anxious and especially when you're tired, your brain just literally does not work as well. You don't do the work as well. 
right? You get burned out. You get diminishing returns. When you take a break and you give your brain something else to do and you let it rest a little bit, you actually will come back so much more productive and efficient, right? I had this in a microcosm the other day with a client whose brain was telling her that although she would be more organized and get more done if she had a list of what she needed to do, she didn't have time to make the list, right? Her brain was like, you don't have time to make a list. It's totally nonsense, right? If investing half an hour to make a list will make you twice as efficient, you're going to save way more than the half hour by being more efficient going forward. The same is true for taking a break from work, right? Even if kind of maximum work productivity was your highest value, taking breaks occasionally actually will make you more productive, right? So it's like investing. It's like if you want to run a marathon, you have to both train and take breaks so that you can run the marathon. You can't just keep running and keep running, right, and hope to run the marathon. Whether it's 15 minutes or an hour for dinner or actually the whole day off on Sunday or a whole week vacation where you don't work, I know, right, mind-blowing, taking a break will actually make you more efficient when you go back. Now, some of you actually, quote-unquote, take the break in that you don't work, but you think about work and you stress out about work the whole time and then you dread going back to work, right? And so you mentally kind of ruin the vacation for yourself with your thoughts about your job and how you should be working or maybe you should be working or will they be upset and why the job is so terrible, right? All of that totally stresses you out. This is why I always say to people when they're thinking about coaching, you know, people will spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on a vacation that doesn't really help at all, right? Because if you don't manage your mind, then it doesn't matter where you whether you go to Bali or not, right? It's not really going to be relaxing if you are taking your hyper lawyer brain with you, right? We invest a lot in all of these things we think will cure our stress or make us feel better that don't really do anything. And then we don't really invest in our mental health as much, right? It doesn't really make sense. So I'm sure most of you have experienced that. You go on vacation and you're not really mentally present and you can't really enjoy it that much and it's not that restorative, especially because halfway through you start worrying about going back. So the number one thing you can do to enjoy any time off, right, a vacation or anything else, is to manage your mind about it. And when your brain is telling you that you should be working or you have so much to do, it's really useful to start practicing and believing the thought that taking this time off will actually help you get more done when you go back. And it is a little bit of a leap of faith the first time you do it, but over time you'll see the results that that's true and it'll become easier and easier to believe. So that's kind of all of the level one stuff, right? The parts of managing your mind that really just have to do with noticing that you are afraid someone else will be upset with you, that you're letting that determine all of your decisions, and that you're believing the lie your brain tells you that you don't have time to take time off. So that's like the thought level, thought level number one. On thought level number two, what I really invite you to think about is, you know, culturally we have this assumption that productivity is moral, right? That productivity is good, that it is bad and lazy to be unproductive. And I really think that that is a culturally constructed, right, kind of ideology, really. It's like a combination of puritanism, right? Work makes you virtuous and idle hands are the devil's hands, or however that saying goes. I don't know. I'm Jewish. I didn't grow up with that saying, right? Idle hands make the devil's work, something like that. Right, this sense of that idleness or sloth, right, is a sin and that hard work is the path to redemption, right? So we get that from our kind of Puritan Christian founders in this culture. And then we have capitalism, 
right? So we're like a mix of Puritanism and capitalism. And what is the number one premise of capitalism, right? Work, productivity, labor, that's the most important thing. Of course, in a capitalistic society, who benefits from people having the belief that if they aren't working and being productive all the time, they are failing or being immoral, right? That the height that we should aspire to, that the good is for us to always be working and be productive. So in this first part of this podcast, you know, I sort of posited to you that even if you believe kind of constant productivity is important, taking breaks will actually help you be more productive. And I 100% think that's true. But I also want to invite you to notice the kind of moralizing you do in your own head about your own productivity and about taking time off, right? I like to call it sometimes the busy Olympics. It's like in our culture, everybody wants to be the busiest. Like they're, they have so much work. They're so stressed. Like it's a competition, right? I think it's amazing to let go of the rope and just be like, you totally win. That sounds terrible, right? We have this belief that we should always be busy. We should always be working. We should always be productive. I cannot tell you how many clients I have who work so hard who have the belief that they're lazy, right? Or who have the belief that they should be able to be at their maximum productivity and efficiency all the time. Now, obviously, listen, I teach people how to become more productive and efficient. I 100% agree that a lot of us are not as productive and efficient as we could be. But that's because we are believing something impossible. We are believing that we should be 100% productive all the time, which is impossible, Right? People need to sleep and eat and take breaks. And because we're believing that, we set ourselves up for these cycles of like boom and bust, right? Where you work really hard and you like bill a ton of hours, you get so much done for two days, and then you're exhausted and you need like three days where you do almost nothing. And I have all these clients who come to me beating themselves up because they think that those two days when they're operating, you know, at a high intensity, they should be able to do that all the time. And that if they don't, there's something wrong with them. Not just physically, but like something morally wrong with them, Right? that they're lazy, that they're inefficient, that they can't get it together, right? Just some essential sense that like there's something wrong with them. And the truth is, there's nothing wrong with you. Whoever you are listening to this, there's nothing wrong with you, right? Nobody can work at that 100% rate all the time. The good news is you do not have to, but trying to actually makes you operate at such a lower average efficiency and productivity right? That learning to stop sometimes and take a break and actually do something restorative and aim for a high average rather than 100% all the time, right? Aim for something more in the middle will actually help your productivity and efficiency over time. So again, I'm not saying we shouldn't be productive and I'm not saying we shouldn't be efficient, especially if you are living the law from life. Those are really great goals that you could leave the office sometimes. But I do want you to notice how much you judge yourself for not meeting unrealistic ideals of productivity and efficiency, right? And to see that those thoughts don't arise because there's truly something wrong with you that you should fix. Those thoughts are cultural programming and we live in a society where two of the biggest cultural formation factors have been, right, strands of religious belief that make work moral and capitalism. And who does it benefit for people to believe that they should be constantly working all the time, right? It benefits the owners of property. Right? It benefits the owners who benefit from that labor. All right. So the last thing I want to tell you is that working all the time, you believe it happens to you and it's terrible. You are also choosing it, right? It's so important to own this. You are choosing it. You are choosing to work that way and you're choosing it for a couple of reasons. 
Number one, you have this fear of authority. You don't want to upset someone else. Number two, you catastrophize and you think that if you don't work constantly or someone is upset with your work, that you're going to die in a van by the river. Number three, you're trying to feel okay about yourself, right? So you're believing these thoughts that if you take breaks or aren't at 100% human productivity for your whole life, that you're unworthy. And then number four, and this is the sort of last thing I want to teach you, working allows you to avoid being alone with yourself and your thoughts, right? That is one of the reasons that a lot of us work all the time and check our work email all the time, even when we don't have to. You know, again, I'm not saying it's true that you never have to. Sometimes you do. But what I see with my clients a lot is that they have taken the small number of cases where they really do have to be on all the time and they've let it grow and grow until they believe that they have to be checking email and responding and being on all the time when really they don't. And a lot of the things that they're responding to could wait until the next morning. And I think one of the reasons we do that is that when we don't know how to manage our minds, we don't want to be alone with them. When your brain thinks a ton of thoughts about everything that's wrong with you and everything that's wrong with your life and how other people don't respect or trust or believe in you and how you might be a failure and how you are not worthy and you're not loved and you're going to die alone in a van by the river, (laughs) right? When your brain thinks all those thoughts, you totally understandably do not want to be alone with those thoughts, right? And last week we talked about using substances or compulsive activities to get away from those thoughts. It's also true about working, right? Constantly thinking about work and checking your work email and working can be one of the ways that we avoid being present in our own lives. So sometimes taking a break will feel really great. Sometimes it'll be challenging because you all of a sudden are actually hearing your own thoughts and you're alone with them. But everything I teach you in this podcast is about how to manage your mind. So that's okay. It's okay to be alone with your thoughts for a little bit and just see what's going on in there. Just be curious about what it's like to be you when you are not constantly thinking about or checking on your work. So here's what I want to recommend you try. I want you to start with small, true breaks. So a lot of us, when we quote unquote take a break, it's like we'll watch something on Netflix with our phone and also be looking at our email and also be on social media and whatever else. There's nothing morally wrong with that at all. It's just not actually that relaxing because number one, you are still on alert to see if a work thing comes in, right? If an email comes in. And number two, a lot of us spend a lot of the day staring at screens. And just biologically, when you switch from working to watching Netflix, you're still kind of staring at a screen in a way that doesn't necessarily give your brain a, a break or a rest or like change up the stimuli. So watching TV is totally fine as one way to take a break, but I just encourage you to experiment with other things, right? Like take a 15-minute walk without your phone or even a 10-minute walk without your phone. If you're going to watch TV, watch a half-hour show without your email, without anything else. Read one article in a magazine. Turn off your phone for 20 minutes to have a conversation or a glass of wine with your partner. If you have a pet, like hang out with your pet for 10 minutes doing nothing else. Take a bath and leave your phone and all the electronics outside. Whatever you're going to do, it doesn't have to be huge, but practice building the ability to take small breaks from work where you are focused on another activity and you are watching your thoughts and managing your mind as you need to, but you are not also checking your email or also waiting for a text or a phone to ring, also having that kind of constant potential for disruption there. If you really practice this, and it will be hard at first, you will still be thinking about work. But as you do this a few times and you see that the world doesn't end, it will get easier. 
And you will find that you are actually feel more restored and more able to get work done when you get in the habit of giving yourself consistent, complete breaks from thinking and worrying about work. So it's August. Some of your partners are probably on vacation. Things should be a little bit chill. This is a great time to practice. And if you're actually going on a real vacation, I encourage you to either not take your work email and your work computer with you, you know, turn off work, push notifications on your phone, or set certain times during the day that you're going to check, right? Like check once in the morning and once at night. Or don't check in the morning so you can get up and actually have the morning, check at noon and check at six, whatever it is. Don't be constantly checking and scanning for more input from work, right? Practice giving yourself that actual time and space away. And I guarantee absolutely your thoughts are going to come up about work, right? If it were just as easy as not looking at your phone to not think about work, you wouldn't need to listen to this podcast. Your thoughts about work are going to come up. But that's where you're going to use all the other tools that I've taught you in this podcast to pay attention to your thoughts, to practice not believing them all the time, to notice when you're catastrophizing, right? To notice when your brain is telling you that if an authority figure is upset with you, you're going to die, right? You're going to use the tools that you have to notice your thinking and to decide how to think on purpose that you can actually enjoy your time off. So for those of you who are not going to be on vacation, I want you to know that I'm teaching a webinar next week about the top three secrets to lawyer stress. So I'm going to go over what are the top three misconceptions you have about lawyer stress and the top three secrets that I can teach you about how to undo, right, or relieve or reduce your lawyer stress. It's going to be super fun. I love teaching webinars. It's a chance for you to ask me questions. I'm going to absolutely have Q&A at the end. So you'll learn something. We'll chat. It's a great way to spend your lunch hour or any other hour. So if you want to sign up, you just go to www.thelawyerstresssolution forward slash webinar. And you'll be able to sign up for the three secrets to overcoming lawyer stress webinar. And I would love to see you there. If this episode resonated with you, you need to come check out The Clutch. Because once you've learned how to coach yourself, we have an entire bonus workbook on overcoming work stress. Take you through exercises to deal with overwhelm, to deal with difficult colleagues or bosses, to deal with anxiety, imposter syndrome, worry about your work life, overwhelm, everything that impacts you at work. Plus, you can get access to daily support and expert coaching to help you manage your anxiety around literally anything that can come up in the office or at home. You can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome, avoid burnout, and show up confidently at work. I know it's possible because I've done this work on myself. You can sign up at unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch, or you can just text your email address to 347-934-8861, and we will send you a link right to your phone where you can check out all the information. It's my favorite place in the world, and I cannot wait to share it with you. 